Hey, what's up guys, Travis here. And if you've been following me or my story for any length of time, you know that I started a company called Guestio about a year and a half ago now. And one of the things that we are doing this year in 2022 is we're building a concierge program called the Fast Pass that allows you to get booked on top quality shows and platforms for the purpose of spreading awareness for your brand, grabbing attention, uh, growing your credibility, your authority, et cetera, et cetera. And so if you are listening to this right now and you are a seven figure plus entrepreneur and you have a budget to bring in traffic, attention, credibility, authority to your brand, then this might be a really great program for you. Just head over to travischapel.com slash 10K. Why 10K? Because we guarantee in this program that you're going to be able to speak in front of 10,000 people within 90 days. Okay, 10,000 people within 90 days. Imagine getting on a stage in front of 10,000 people to share your message, your story. That's exactly what we are doing inside of this program through virtual stages like podcasts or virtual events or YouTube channels or blogs. You name it, we are working with it, and we are trying to get you booked on those platforms. So travischapel.com slash 10x. There's a quick application there, and then right at the end of that application, it'll prompt you to set up a phone call where you'll jump on a call with me, and we'll talk through whether or not you're a great fit for this program. Please act fast on this. Do not wait because we are only taking on one or two clients a week due to uh, constraints with our team and the limited supply of high quality shows and platforms that are out there in the market. So if that's you and you're really wanting to explode your brand in 2022, head over to travischapel.com slash 10K, fill out the application, schedule a quick phone call, and you and I will chat really soon about whether or not this would be a great fit for you. Thanks, guys. Talk to you soon. Build Your Network, episode 77. Hey, this is Deepesh Mandalia from Zassar Digital. And if you want to grow your online presence, you should be listening to Build Your Network with my good friend, Travis Chappell. You have the ambition, the knowledge, and the experience, but still lack those relationships necessary for achieving true success. Welcome to Build Your Network, your guide to growing your inner circle, increasing your influence, and assisting others in reaching their goals. This is networking the way it should be, brought to you by your host, Travis Chappell. What is up and welcome to the one and only show that brings you tips and tricks on networking from the best experts around three days a week. Although they may not all be in the same field, every guest that comes on the show has one very important thing in common. They believe, as I do, that building relationships is crucial to achieving success in life. I cannot wait to introduce you to today's guest, but first, Build Your Network is supported by CastBox, the fastest growing, highest rated podcast app on iOS and Android. CastBox has over 50 million free episodes that more than 10 million users download and listen to wherever, whenever. And now for all Build Your Network listeners, once you've downloaded the CastBox app, click Go Premium and enter promo code 90 days to get three free months of premium features. Head on over to the App Store or Google Play Store to download CastBox now. And now let's go ahead and chat with today's guest, Deepesh Mandelia. Deepesh is a Facebook ads master, CEO of SM Commerce, a Facebook ads agency, and Zasser Digital, a training and coaching business. He's a former chief marketing officer and father of four currently residing in London. Deepesh, thank you so much for coming to the show today, bro. Really excited to have you on. Why don't you go ahead and expound a little bit on the intro and uh, tell us more about yourself. How'd you get into this space? Absolutely. So thank you for having me on the show. So I've been in marketing actually for 15 years, 
prior to that, I actually started off as a developer, so not quite the normal route you might take into marketing. I kind of fell into Facebook around five years ago, and it was more, I had a page, I heard about this thing called boosting, and thought, you know, well, let's just give it a go. I had no confidence. I barely used Facebook at that point as well, and actually started to see some success with the boosting that we were doing, actually generating some clicks back into the site, and that was my kind of first inkling that there was something interesting here. And really over the course of the next kind of 12 to 18 months, started to spend a lot more time with Facebook ads. And then I had a big breakout success where I led a really small startup from about half a million dollars a year to over $26 million through Facebook ads. And that just blew me away. Now, when we were going through it, it was an 18-month kind of project with them. I don't think we realized exactly what we were creating. It was so hectic. It was so tense. But when we stepped back afterwards, it was like, wow, we actually did this through Facebook, took this small e-commerce site global, and then really from, from then, that's where I decided to just focus in on Facebook ads. Up until that point, I'd managed TV campaigns, paid search, affiliates, most of the channels that mainstream you'd think of. And since then, I started to consult the companies and work on projects on the side, as well as kind of developing broader marketing skills around kind of startups and working my way up into kind of board level marketing but it's really the Facebook stuff that really excited me mm. at the same time I got more involved with Facebook HQ here in London and also in Dublin which is headquarters for Europe and I've been actually working quite closely with them over the last three years as an external advisor huh. specifically working on their small to medium business program and also their ads platform so to give them a voice from someone who's been there in the trenches, who's now working with clients every day, managing significant sums and feeding that back to Facebook and finding out ways that they, they can actually improve their own program and products to people like me, I guess, as well. Yeah, really, really interesting. You said something there I kind of want to dive into a little bit. So you've been doing Facebook ads for five years, which is basically about as long as they've been in existence, right? So you know the ins and outs, like you've been there through all the updates, through all the additions, like you've experienced all of these different things. Is it too late to try to get into that space and become a master at Facebook ads? Or is sure. anybody capable of doing that? What, what are your thoughts on that? Sure. So Facebook ads actually have been going on for longer than that. They just didn't really surface until about five, six years ago as much in the, in the mainstream. Facebook ads in 2018 is such a contentious area. So obviously, a lot of your listeners will have heard some of the updates from Zuckerberg. There's been a lot of rumblings in 2017 around political interference and cost of advertising going up, not enough placements for advertisers to get their ads seen. So it does seem really doom and gloom. Now, I'm on the other side of that. I'm actually in the trenches. I'm working with clients. I'm advertising, spending money day in, day out, and we're still seeing success. And so I think it comes down to, do you really understand the platform? Do you understand how to make it work? And actually thinking about marketing principles, can you market on Facebook? So that it, I speak to people who are trying Facebook ads. They'll go into the platform. They'll run some ads. They'll say it's not working but they're missing out the very fundamentals of marketing, which are find people, serve them great content, convince them to take a look at your ad and convince them to click your ad, whatever your goal is, whether it's a download or viewing a video. And, and a lot of that comes down to marketing principles, persuasion, hmm. convincing, copywriting, creative design flow within your video. And actually, if you get those elements right, Facebook 
still works. And I really believe it will still continue to work in 2018. And on the question of, is it too late? Can people still become Facebook masters? Absolutely. It doesn't take long to master the platform. Okay. So getting to know how Facebook works, there's free tools out there, you know, there's free programs out there from Facebook themselves. You can do that really quickly in a matter of months. Then it's a case of picking up your marketing principles, making it work, testing, etc. So it's still absolutely possible to master the platform and make money for yourself or for your clients. Yeah, very interesting. I think exactly what you said there is the main reason why a lot, because I mean, you know this better than I do, I'm sure, but I just see so many quote unquote Facebook ads experts out there nowadays that they seem to never get actual results unless they're spending in exorbitant amount of money on the actual, like putting the ad in front of just so many people that they're going to convert a few, you know? So what you're saying, I think is that it's not really like their lack of understanding of the Facebook platform specifically. It's probably just more a lack of marketing experience, a lack 100%. of persuasion abilities and copywriting and all that kind of stuff. That So absolutely, that, yeah, that's such a fantastic insight to bring into the conversation. I think that solves so many, so many issues and a lot of people will pick up it's kind of like almost you know what reminds me of is uh, cryptocurrency you know being the craze right now with people that have zero experience in investing in general but because they made yeah. a little bit of money with throwing some money into some ico or something they think they're like exactly. an investment expert now you know and it's like oh go exactly. back go back go back you know like wait a second exactly yeah let's focus and, and on actually what's going to happen is you know there's going to be a whole batch of these people who are going to have successes a lot of them will be just complete fluke and they will create a course out of it and they will sell it and they'll make millions. And so this is the same thing that happens in every industry. Facebook is also prone to this. People will have one success and then they'll sell it as a course and then they'll train other people on this one success. And then it breeds a whole lack of people that don't understand it. So I can imagine there's lots of people that go into cryptocurrency based on one person's learnings and they just can't make it work and they just waste right. money. Right. So that becomes a big, big problem. This episode of the show is brought to you by Indeed. We are driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate is not to search at all. It's to match and match with Indeed. If you need to hire, you need this platform, guys. I'm telling you, Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work and use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging candidates so you can connect with those people even faster. And it doesn't just help you hire faster. In fact, 93% of employers agree that Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And look, guys, one of the things that I wish I would have used Indeed for is this matching service. You can search and search and search and search and search all day long, but to actually be presented with quality candidates, like 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 hiring a a recruiter for you that's presenting people that has actually done the work to vet them and uh, bring quality people in front of you, that work by itself is the fact that it's done by a software instead of like a team of high quality recruiters is is pretty insane. So they leverage over one hundred and forty million qualifications and preferences every single day, which is why indeed's matching engine is the best one that you can use. It's constantly learning from your own preferences. So the more you use it, the better it gets at doing the job for you. Join more than three and a half million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire talent 
fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility over at indeed.com slash Travis. Just go to indeed.com slash Travis right now and support this show by saying you heard about Indeed here on the podcast. Indeed.com slash Travis. Terms and conditions apply. If you need hire, you need Indeed. I know this isn't exactly what we were supposed to be talking about, but uh, what are your thoughts on cryptocurrency? Are you invested into it? Which ones do you have if you are? Sure. I'm one of these people who early on had opportunities, lots of opportunities to invest. And I just never got into it. And I think it is, there's still so much to it. I think there's a lot of growth still to come. I never invested in the end. Do I regret it? No, not really. There's lots of things I've missed out on. Yeah. I think it's still, it still has growth to go. But you know, I feel really upset when I read people that have taken out mortgages and oh, invested man. life savings and things like that and just been misled into this thing of you know, these riches. It's like any investment, even Facebook ads. I talk to clients about the fact that when you're advertising on Facebook, it is an investment. There's no guarantee that you're going to run an ad and make money out of it. Mm. And so it's, it's the same with everything. And it comes down to your risk tolerance and how much you're willing to risk on that investment. If I was going to put any money into crypto, I would take money I'm happy to lose, whether right. it's 500 or 5K. If I was happy to lose it, I'd park it there and just leave it. You know, right. There's some people who will invest and look daily and sell and buy and sell and buy. I've done foreign exchange trading myself, and okay. I know how stressful that is and how <laughs> difficult it is to predict okay. the markets. There's only a select 1% that make a ton of money out of that, and the rest of the 99% fund it. Right, right. And it reminds me kind of, of a couple of things. First of all, it reminds me of housing, the housing market back in you know, 05, 06, when you know, there's so many experts out there, but it has really nothing to do with your knowledge base as much as it has to do with the fact that the market's been going up like 30% a year. So there's really right. no way to lose. And I feel like that's the same with crypto right now, except for that, I mean, the last day or two, I think Bitcoin actually dropped under $10,000. But anyway, it's what I'm saying is that a lot of people are positioning themselves as experts because they have made money, but it's just because like, look, it's not because you're an expert. It's just because you can't lose in that right now. Like you can't Absolutely. lose. Eventually you will be able to, and that's when the real experts will rise to the top and you'll exactly. be able to see who actually knows what they're talking about. But I've been realizing that more and more. I was reading Principles by Ray Dalio, uh, Ray, Ray Dalia, and he was talking about how much time and effort and really just energy he's put into predicting markets for the past mm. 30, 40 years that his company Bridgewater, which is you know one of the most successful hedge funds of all time, he's talking about how much time and effort that he's put into trying to predict the markets. And even he sits there at the end of the day and just like, you can't really guess what's coming. And me reading right. that from him, I was like, well, if he can't do it, <laughs> like me sitting on my couch with a bag of Doritos, like trying to predict crypto markets, like I probably don't have much of a shot. So absolutely. <laughs> I love, absolutely. Your, love your advice on that. But anyway, I'll stop talking and get back to the ads here. I asked you a question before we hit the record button that I want you to talk about a little bit about, and that is using YouTube ads versus using Facebook ads. Which one of those works better for what industries? Which one should we be doubling down on if depending on what business we have and stuff? Like that. Sure. So I think when a lot of people talk about this channel versus that channel, ultimately for any business, you have to have a good blend of channels. You can't leave your eggs in one basket. Now, the majority of revenue from Facebook is coming in for a whole range of sectors from e-commerce and coaching and digital and even selling cars through Facebook is working where they're generating leads and selling offline. And you compare YouTube and the kind of user base and who's on there. There's still success to be had on YouTube. There's a lot of success, especially for retargeting, retargeting, remarketing on YouTube, where you're able to 
target people that have either visited your site or interacted with you in, in another way. So they already know about you. And you can serve the ad before the video, halfway through the video. And, and so that still works. However, for example, you know, I've tried this myself. Within e-commerce, it's harder to sell through YouTube as straight up videos. You have to think quite differently. And I think actually where a lot of people have failed on YouTube, it comes back to those marketing principles. Can you create a great video that hooks them within the first few seconds, that talks to them about a problem, introduces your solution, and gets them interested enough to take a click. But still, for me, the volume is far better on Facebook at generating leads, revenue, and kind of pushing your business metrics. YouTube is absolutely part of the marketing mix, but you know, if I was, as my own business, I wouldn't shift money from Facebook to YouTube because you know, I've worried about Facebook or I felt that YouTube had more potential. But I would absolutely use YouTube to back up my Facebook campaigns. Hmm, interesting. I'll just give you an example here, and I'm curious to hear what you think would be the best way to go about doing this. So I have a water business. I own a, a water company. We do a whole home water filtration systems and reverse osmosis, alkaline units, all that kind of stuff. If I came to you and I was like, hey, what platform should I be advertising the most on for this physical product in a location, a specific type of an ad? What platform would you recommend someone with that kind of business would spend more time on? Sure. What's the rough price point? What kind of price point are you looking at for? For the customer, average is going to be about $7,500. Okay. So because of the price point, I would be looking to generate leads. I would be looking to bring them through a funnel based on value. For me, the best way to do that is through Facebook. And especially with local marketing, Facebook has an insane ability to not just localize your marketing, but to be able to sift out the right people. So to, you know, I don't want to go too technical, but for example, what we've done in the past is you select your local market, you run a video campaign that isn't necessarily targeting you know, people interested in water infiltration systems or anything like that. It's just a general video on water cleanliness or water health and things like that. And what you do is you funnel them through a journey. So we would start with the first video, which is talking about maybe the benefits or something related to water. And then actually you can find people that who, who engage with your video and retarget them specifically with another ad. You could then hit them up with a direct response ad, we then collect the email, or you could serve another video, which actually funnels them down to another level, which now talks about why water systems are a good idea and why others in your area are already using this. So it allows you to create a bit of a kind of conversation and engagement piece with the customer. Mm. That kind of stuff is not something that YouTube is really kind of set up for. Gotcha. Where I would use YouTube in that is to then retarget people who have visited the website and maybe try and bring them back. But certainly for a business like this, especially because it's local and because of the price point, for me, Facebook is the first port call. You bring them through the funnel journey and then find the right point to convert them and grab their email address and then take that for an email campaign and then convert them that way. Hmm. Really, really interesting stuff. And I'm sure we could chat about that for a much, much longer time. I'm, there's Absolutely. a lot of, lot of material there. But this is Build Your Network where we talk about the best tips and tricks, strategies on how to go about growing your inner circle and building these really good relationships and, and stuff like that. And I know uh, you have a fantastic 
inner circle and you know even the guy that just introduced us with akbar a great great guy you know expert funnel builder and everything like that so this is usually the question i start asking to get this conversation going i'm curious to hear your answer for it do you believe that what you know or who you know is more important and why that's a super interesting question so if i reflect that back on my own experience and what I've been through over the last 15, 20 years is kind of developing my career and kind of moving places. For me, knowing the right people has made such a big difference. So for me, it's knowing something about kind of what you do and things like that. That's not really what helps. For me, knowing the right people to speak to and actually, you know, an element of luck as well. But I think it's who you know is for me, that's the biggest thing because you could be in a related industry, it could be completely unrelated, you might have things in common, you might not. And if you're actually always trying to fit in with people that know the same things as you or always have something in common, it is so limiting. You know, there's, I don't know, 7 billion people on this earth and the majority have probably not got lots in common with you. Mm. But if you really want to progress and move out really from your comfort zone, you have to connect with people that just have connections that you don't or knowledge that you don't to be able to really step forward. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Can you tell us a quick story about like a, a specific time in your life that you can point back to and be like, hey, this one relationship I built with this person has led me to this, 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 and this. And it, it was because they introduced me to this person, they introduced me to this person, and then I created a relationship here and that brought me this you know, amount of knowledge and then I landed this client. Can you tell us a story like that? Yeah, actually, this is a story that only goes back three to four months, and it's actually your previous guest, Akbar. So we met through an online forum. He was sharing kind of video logs and talking about his journey as an entrepreneur. And I, at the time, was considering writing a course on Facebook advertising. And so I wanted to work with someone who's been there, done that. And I wanted to work with someone also that shared similar values around kind of legacy and positive impact on people. And at the time, I had a few people lined up, lined up that I wanted to work with. But through Akbar's kind of daily updates and videos and posts that he was putting up, I connected with him. And I felt like if I could get this guy working with me, I could go places. Now, I had no idea once I decided to hire Akbar how much my network would actually grow. Now, to give you an example, I am a Facebook advertiser. I've been doing it for five years. I haven't actually been an kind of avid user of Facebook. So hmm. up until I met Akbar, I had about 200 to 300 people in my Facebook connections because I just wasn't on the platform that much. Anytime yeah. I would go on was to do some competitive research or look at my own newsfeed to see what kind of ads are coming back. I didn't really use the platform as much. And actually, once I connected with Akbar, I actually hit a point where I just lost confidence in what I was trying to do, you know, this coaching and would people want to take a course from me? Why would they? You know, it's all these kind of noises going in, yeah. in my head. Mm -hmm. And actually, at that point, what Akbar actually suggested was, right, you're connected to some groups. Go share your knowledge. Go and give value with no ask. Just go out there, share some amazing stuff. And I did that. In, in the course of about a week, my friend request exploded. My messages exploded. And what had happened is I'd shared so much value into these groups talking about big, big case studies, my experience with Facebook, working for Facebook, working in Facebook, and a ton of people wanted to know about this. Now, that opened up connections beyond what I would have imagined. Now, to give you an example, when I started the Facebook ads agency, we were based in London. I had London clients. I had one client out in Singapore. 
when this thing happened, now all of a sudden I've got people from the US and from mm. Canada getting in touch saying, heard about your case studies, your Facebook experience looks awesome, let's talk. I would love to talk about your experience with selling coaching programs or you know, you did this with e-commerce, could you do the same for us? Yeah. That was the kind of first explosion through that one connection. And actually since then, I've been connected up with lots of other people through that as well. So you're a great example of this as well. So I may not have ever come onto this podcast, you may not have ever heard of me. If I hadn't made that connection through Akbar, mm. I've been invited to do talks in different countries based on the success. I've been connected up with some really, really inspiring people just through this one connection, it's yeah. just completely exploded. And I think for that, I went outside my comfort zone to decide to hire Akbar because I'm so used to grinding and learning on my own and right. you know, just, you know, just do it and fail and fail and learn. But this is the one time where I thought, I thought, you know what, I want to hire someone up. I want to fast track my success. I've still not launched my course yet. I feel like my investment in Akbar has paid back because it's given me so much more opportunity. We now have as an agency more clients in North America than we do in the UK. We've got so many other options and business opportunities going on. It's just taken us as a business in a different direction. And it's just that one connection and a conversation around a particular problem. And all of these different nodes have opened up and I'm having conversations with some really amazing people through it. Yeah. And one amazing thing there that I just want to pull out really quick is how much money did you spend by going in Facebook groups and adding value? Zero. <laughs> exactly. Like that. I think I was actually having this conversation with somebody a couple of days ago and you obviously of all people would know this. There's definitely ways to increase your business on Facebook, but the way that most people think about is Facebook ads. You know, I got to go spend Absolutely. money and you know, a lot of people will just write it off and be like, you know what? I can't use Facebook as a tool to grow my business yet because I don't have the budget to put into an ad campaign. I can't go create a professional video. I can't hire a copywriter. So like, because of all those things, I can't grow my business on Facebook. Facebook. So I'm just going to use it to like post a picture of my dog and I'm going to use it to post a picture of the basketball game that I'm at or something like that. So I love the fact that there's so many ways to use Facebook that are completely, completely for free if you just are willing to put in some time and some effort into it. But yeah, go ahead. Absolutely. So when I started off the agency last year, I did all of my kind of PR through LinkedIn. So I was pushing out updates of what we were doing as an agency, giving people regular updates because I... As a marketer, I know about branding, and I wanted to be front of mind of the people that I wanted to potentially work with, and that worked for us. However, now that I'm doing it on Facebook, it's given me a whole new range of PR opportunities. So it's got to the level now where I actually have my own Facebook group. I've got my own kind of following and tribe. I've got a page where people are following my updates, and I've got so many more connections on my Facebook profile itself. You know, the probably 80, 90% of which three months ago I didn't have. And so my network has exploded for free. Yes, sure, I put my time into it, mm -hmm. but that time has paid back, you know, 100x beyond that. For me, it's just been a huge step forward on my kind of entrepreneurial journey to be able to give so much value and for people to feel that as well and feel like they've actually gained and they feel like they're part of my tribe as it was now. Right. And that makes me immensely proud as well. Yeah, yeah. And I think something a little bit deeper here too philosophically is going back to that first question I asked you, do you think that who you know or what you know is more important? And this story, I think, really explains why who you know is more important in my opinion and obviously in your opinion as well because you could have learned all of that. 
right? Like you could have learned how to use Facebook groups to leverage your time and add value. And you could have done all that. And maybe it could have taken another two, three, four, five, six years for you to really grab a hold of like, oh, there's a big opportunity here. Whereas one connection with someone like Akbar, it doesn't just grow your circle. Like the who you know will always feed into the what you know. If you're connecting with the right people, if you're really connecting with people that that push you to be better and have opportunity and that kind of a thing, then your what will always grow in direct proportion to your who. And that story is such a fantastic example of that because who knows how long it would have taken you to figure that out. Maybe it would have taken only a, a year, but that's still a year longer than it did to, you know, for Akbar just to say it in a quick conversation. And then you did it. And then all of a sudden now you have all these different clients from all these different countries and your business has grown and exploded. You have an online presence and you have a tribe of people that follow your stuff and that look forward to your content and all that kind of stuff just because of one piece of advice that one connection gave you a few months back. And like you said, we wouldn't even have, be having this conversation if it weren't for that. So much, so much good stuff there. So if you had to boil it down to, just one tip, bro. So like we talked about a lot of different things so far in the episode, but let's say somebody just tuned in and they're about to peace out in a minute. What would your one tip about building relationships and networking with other professionals be? My one tip would be to give and give value and make it memorable. So when I talk about networking, I go through my experiences again, where either someone has done this to me or I've learned to do it to someone else where even if you have the briefest of conversations in passing, you know, you're in an event and you've got 30 seconds or a minute with someone, give them value, whatever it is, whether it's, you know, talking about the event and giving them some kind of feedback about what the event was and giving them some, something which makes it memorable and makes them feel like they've valued you as well. So I think that's the key thing for me. When I've been networking, whether it's physically or online, it's always come back to giving value and making it memorable. Yeah. Is there like something practical about that? Like something that you've done specifically where you're like, Hey, I've actually said this exact thing and it really works. Let's take Facebook groups, for example, because this isn't, this is an area that I actually try to teach on a lot. I have a, an ebook called groupology where I go into like how to really network in Facebook groups without being the really annoying person that everybody Mm -hmm. hates. So a quick tip, since you spend a lot of time with them and you're doing a lot of stuff with those now, quick tip for like how to add value in a Facebook group, what kind of a post should you put in there? Sure. So I would start by not posting. I would start by commenting, contributing, engaging, because Facebook, for example, will say this person's a new member. So people will know that this is your first post. And I see it so many times where people jump straight to a group and they post something which is clearly they're just trying to land something huge. And sometimes it misses and it sometimes misses because you haven't engaged with some of the key people already in the group. And they may not understand the tone of the group as well. What kind of people are there? What kind of things they're looking for. So I would definitely look at understanding the group first, what kind of posts really work there, what kind of people are there, start, I guess, socializing as you should in in a group, and then land your pieces. And don't overly kind of make it commercial. I've made the mistake before where I've tried to make it as a marketing piece rather than something natural. And, And it's been shot down because it's obviously something which isn't genuine it isn't authentic and people can read through that so it has to feel like you're given a hundred percent value you're hundred percent authentic and people will will engage with that yeah i think those two things that you just said are, i'm pretty sure those are like the first two points in my book <laughs> is be genuine and be giving like you have to give value and you have to do it in a genuine way because like you said people are smart you know like people are intuitive like they can sense they can sniff out if you're just saying something in the group because you want them to 
buy your product or your service or become a client of yours. Like people can tell that kind of stuff. So if you just take all that away and just go help people, just be genuine and give value, you know, just like Zig Ziglar always said, if you help enough people get what they want, you can have everything that you want. Absolutely. And uh, there's so, so much value to that. Who would you say do you think is like the best networker that you know? Somebody that just like, it seems like it comes natural to them, but they also work on it a lot and, you know, they just get along with people and they have a good network. Who would you say that would be? I guess, look, being front of mind again, it's Akbar. And I think I've met so many different socializers who either try too hard or just slightly doing things quite wrong. Actually, the reason why I hold him kind of in high steed is he's natural with it. And I think sometimes people can try a bit too hard and start missing the purpose of what they're trying to do and i've seen him in action online and kind of with these kind of physical meetups and stuff and he creates bonds and makes people feel important and i think that's such a powerful thing as well yeah yeah definitely for sure for sure is do you uh, see yourself as an introvert or an extrovert well, i'd be honest naturally i'm introverted okay. but one of the things that's held me back in my career has been exactly that so i was the guy working head down, working really hard, hitting the numbers, doing really, really well, yeah. but then losing out on my colleague who's perhaps not working as hard, but he certainly talks louder. And so I've learned over time to adapt my personality, my approach, my energy to fit the situation. And I wouldn't be in the position I am now had I not learned to adapt. So I've had people that say, yeah, you're an extrovert. I'm not. My core is not an extrovert. I've done the whole brings my piece and I know what my letters are, but I'm not what people think I am because I'm able to project a different feel based on where I want to be and who I want to be as well. Yeah, yeah, definitely. And I think that that right there is is something that I've actually figured out about myself by doing this podcast is that I am more naturally introverted than I am extroverted, which is funny that I run a podcast about networking. I'm, I'm a lot more introverted than I am extroverted, but I think honestly that a lot of introverts I've found to be a little bit more effective at networking because they have to work on it and because extroverts tend to control entire conversations. So it might come naturally to them to be the star or whatever of the conversation. But a lot of times in networking, it's about listening instead of talking. And so I found a lot that a lot of introverts are actually really effective at networking. But when you really trying to figure out how to perfect that skill set, were there any like big fears that you had? Or was it just something that you just had no desire to do? Like, were, did you have anxiety when you thought about like, well, I got to go into this room with 300 people and talk to them? Or was it just like, I just don't feel like doing that? Yeah, I've suffered from that kind of anxiety. I remember my first presentation to the board some 10 years ago, and I was my palms were sweaty. There's only three people there. And I was like, my heart was pumping and everything. I was just so out of my comfort zone hmm. and I've had the same in networking events in the past where I'll go to an event you know there's hundreds of people and I'm the guy standing in the corner just waiting to find another guy standing in the corner or another lady standing in the corner and hopefully we can <laughs> right. stand in the corner together and that kind of thing and one of the things that really opened up my mind was one of my old bosses she was like a really extrovert bubbly talking all of those kind of things and I, I remember talking to her and I said, you know, I'm an introvert and I'd love to kind of be like you and become an extrovert. Mm -hmm. And she goes, you know what, I'm actually an introvert. And when she talked me through her story and how she had actually made a decision to move away from her comfort zone and actually extend beyond to where she wants to be, that's when she developed her character. And that one conversation is the one that developed me and opened up my mind. And sometimes you just need people to tell you what's possible mm. and then you can go and make it happen. Right. I didn't know at the time that I could actually go from introvert to extrovert. Yeah. It just, you know, I felt pigeonholed because 
that's what society had said, you're an introvert. So that's what you are, that's what you have to remain. Mm-hmm. But it's not the case. And that became the opening part for me. And I started to kind of read about, about kind of different ways of developing your self. And one of the things that I started to do a lot more was to push myself outside of my comfort zone. So if yeah. there was a talk, I want to do it. If there's a networking event, I'll go and speak to people. Inside, I'm, I have the same fears as most introverts. Right. How do I do this? Will they talk to me? How will it go, et cetera, et cetera. But I've learned over time to overpower that because mm-hmm. I don't want to be the person I was. I have a different vision of myself. And so that kind of externally keeps me going. And internally, those conversations are always going on. I don't think they ever leave you. Yeah. But you can kind of quiet them down and just project something quite differently. I would. So another example of how the who you knew helped the what you knew as far as meeting that girl and then realizing that, oh, this is just a limiting belief that's been programmed in my brain and I don't have to live my life based on what that says or who that says that I am. But what sparked that realization was a connection that you had to this other girl that was, you know, an introvert just like you were. So, so many awesome things here, man. Let's go ahead and move on to something I like to call the random round, which is just a few really quick random questions with some quick random answers. You ready? Sure. This is the random round. What profession other than your own do you think it would be fun to attempt? I I think American football. So being in the UK, you might think, you know, American football isn't the thing. I actually enjoyed it since a young age, and I think that would be... I look at it, and I think, I'd love to do that. I'd love to be the runner. I'd love to be the quarterback. I think that would be quite fun. If you could sit on a park bench with someone, past or present, and talk to them for an hour, who would it be, and why? Sure, that's an interesting one. That's something I thought about recently, actually. There's a guy called Wayne Dyer, who talks about self-development and removing yourself from the kind of world and developing spirituality and things like that. And I'm just fascinated by his thinking and what he's been through and how he's developed. He's no longer with us, but I'd love to spend an hour with him and just absorb his positivity, his energy, and try and kind of be able to reflect that in my own life as well. How do you like to consume content? Books, blogs, podcasts, or videos? For me, it's books and probably a combination of physical and Kindle. I'm on the move a lot, so having a Kindle reader on my phone is massively useful but i'm also old school i I love having a tactile book in my hand as well what is one of your favorites that you've read recently so i would probably there's been so many books i'd probably say one of the kind of most life-changing was the book called the secret by Rhonda burn and a lot of people say yeah you know it's fancy talk etc but that's one book that opened up my mind to abundance and you know i used to be in the scarcity mindset i don't want to share too much i don't want to tell too many things to tell too many people, I don't want to help my competitor. And that, although I don't know if the book was quite what I would say is a recommendation, it was the first step of many to helping me become the person I am now and to take the route I am now. Would I have been in entrepreneurship right now? I don't know if I would. That's certainly one that's kind of most memorable. Give us a glimpse of your morning routine. So I've got four kids, so my morning could start anywhere between six and seven. So generally... <laughs> Waking up at kind of between 7, 7.30, getting the kids ready with my wife and then getting them shipped off to school by 8.30. By that time, it's my chance to get ready. A few days a week, I'll be doing half an hour of kind of fitness. So generally the cross trainer, some stretches, some weight work as well. Between 9 and 10 is just kind of showering, getting ready, breakfast, etc. I don't actually start my day generally until about 10 o'clock in the morning. I work remotely with my team, so we're all distributed out as well. Hmm. So I want to check in first and see 
what's happening with the team, where am I needed, checking on client results, and then I'll be checking on just general news as well. So whether it's through LinkedIn or a news site or Facebook, that kind of gets me set for the day. What is your go-to pump-up song? Yes, I think for me it's the song, I don't know if you guys have it in the US, it's probably a band called Blur, it's called Song 2. And it just, yeah, I think that's the one that just gets me going. And if I need to, I'll stick it on Amazon Alexa and just get that going. Yeah, I think that's probably the one. What are you not very good at? I'm not good at routine and admin. I absolutely hate it. I can't focus enough on things which are repeated, which are laborsome. I just, my mind starts to get really highly stressed out. I just can't do it. To give you an example, we get mail through the door. I can't do the filing. I just absolutely hate it. So I think anything routine based, it just, I, I just do not like it. <laughs> All right, as we get everything wrapped up here, what is one place online where we'll be able to find you the most? At the moment, it's on Facebook. So in groups on my profile, I actually really, really enjoy sharing knowledge and building new relationships and Facebook's become the place for me right now to be able to do that. So head on over to Facebook. That is just, is it just your first and last name, Deepesh? Yeah, so that's my profile. My page is Mr. Deepesh Mandalia. But yeah, that's mostly where I'll be. Perfect. So head on over to Facebook. That's Deepesh, D-E-P-E-S-H, Mandalia, M-A-N-D-A-L-I-A. Head on over there, check out his profile, throw in some likes, some comments, engage on there, and reach out, say what's up. Deepesh, thanks so much for coming on the show today, man. had a blast chat. Awesome. Appreciate that. Thank you. That's all for this episode of Build Your Network. Your next step is to visit byn.media slash FB to join in on our Facebook group for more personal engagement, proven strategies and tactics to reach your ultimate goals. That's byn.media forward slash FB. Remember, you're only one connection away. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for two forty nine dollars a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger, less than five miles away. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.